You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Prenke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie, welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition for the episodes Dooku Captured and the Gungan General. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. Woo! What's going on, my Good to be back, Clone Wars SE. Um, and I'll tell you what, um, let me just say this. Um, if your Star Wars movie doesn't make a billion dollars, let's cancel all the rest of them. We're not mm-hmm. doing them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, <laughs> this just came out today. Not a lot of news, obviously, going on, but there's some huge, uh, not huge, there's rumors going around from, uh, I guess you could say, fairly reliable sources that Lucasfilm yeah. decided to cancel, not cancel, um, postpone, I guess we'll say, uh, all the Star Wars spinoff movies. Um, at this point, I don't know. Did you did you know that was going around today, Mike? No, I didn't see that today. Oh, uh, you didn't hear that? Oh, no. wow. Okay, so I'm just shocking you with news right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this was going around. Um, I think the site was Collider that started to to talk about it, and then it kind of went to a couple other channels. Um, and that's what they're saying right now. Again, nothing from Lucasfilm, but the rumor is that um, they're just kind of going to focus on Episode Nine. And uh, possibly, you know, obviously Ryan Johnson and the Ben Off and Weiss series at this point doesn't mean that a week from now they can go, oh, no, you know, we got a Obi-Wan movie coming or something like that. But that's the rumor right now. I, I'm, I'm sure once you get online tonight, Mike, later, you'll see mm-hmm. some of the stories going around about it. But um, since you haven't heard, really, does this um, surprise you at all let's just say it's true like they decided hey let's take a break for a minute and kind of reassess what's going on because everybody's going to point to solo in the box office and obviously that's what's going to be the main probably reason why they want us like well let's slow down with these star wars stories and make sure we got a big winner before we get which we all thought solo was pretty damn good uh i don't know any any initial like right out of the gate thoughts since you haven't heard anything yet as far as well, I 
with all as with all of this stuff, I will believe it when I hear it from Lucasfilm. That's always my my stance. Um, yeah, it's it's a rumor sure. until it's corroborated. Um, I I don't That's lend all. a lot of credence to this. I just don't like. I, I don't think that this is what's going to happen. I think what I've been saying about like you you have to look at it a little bit more realistically. Everybody wants these cinematic universe franchises to be Marvel Studios right out of the gate. And Marvel Studios has had 10 years to build up to Infinity War and to build up an audience and to to get its um get its bearings and Lucasfilm under Disney has had at this point, like five years, really like in operation. Right. And really only, um, like cause Marvel studios was, was working on stuff before 2008. They were, they were filming movies in 2007. So like you have to give a little bit of that lead time. You have to look at it. You have to look at where, what are we? We're, we're four years in three and a half years in, to the life cycle of Lucasfilm as a part of Disney releasing movies, right? We've got The Force Awakens in 2015. Uh, we've got Rogue One in 2016. We've got uh, The Last Jedi in 2017 and now Solo in 2018. So that's four movies in three and a half years. Um, and when you look at three and a half years in the MCU, we were just getting Captain America, the first mm-hmm. Avenger. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, like I just did a Marvel rewatch. So I, all of this stuff is very fresh in my mind. And when I look at where they were, like, look at the movies that came out. Okay. They come out with uh, Iron Man. A phenomenal movie, right? Like, just like, like really groundbreaking, sets the tone, creates this universe, right? And then they follow that up immediately, like, like a couple months later with The Incredible Hulk. Not so great. Let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> so, even right out of the gate, like, right, right off the stocks, I, I, Marvel Studios with the ball, right? I just mixed my metaphors there, but. I uh, yeah, second at bat they whiff the ball, right? Like home run and then just three strikes and you're out. Just strike out, yeah. I uh, and then and then they come back a little while later, about two years later, with Iron Man Two. And Iron Man Two is received at the time as not being the greatest. Right. I I mean, I think in retrospect, people uh, are a lot nicer to it now than they were when it was released. But at the time, certainly people were very down on that. movie. Oh, it's just Iron Man again. Um, And it's like, yeah, to a certain degree, but it's also about a lot more. And, you know, like it's it's a little bit it's a bit it's a bit misunderstood. Kind of like the third movie that Lucasfilm put out (laughs) uh, post Disney. And then. Uh, and then Captain America comes out, and it's good. It's fun. I really like the characters. Uh, the story is fairly straightforward, kind of paint-by-numbers. We know where this character is going. We know where he's going to end up. There's not really, like, the stakes aren't really that high, and, you know, maybe towards the end it seems like things are going to go wrong, but we know it's going to be okay because they're working on this Avengers thing, right? 
And uh, that sounds very similar to a description of Solo, where it's like it's a fun movie. The plot's not really that interesting. Like it's not it's not that it's not interesting, but it's not it's not that original. It's not groundbreaking or anything like that. It's not it's not reinventing Star Wars by any means. But it's a good story. The mm-hmm. characters are awesome. I love the characters. The effects are great. the The action is incredible. The music is one of my favorite soundtracks um, in Star Wars. Which is almost like heresy to say that I I prefer the solo soundtrack over any of the prequel soundtracks. Um, I think it's better than the Last Jedi soundtrack. So like that is you know uh, an even split. It's it's I think it's better than than at least half of what John Williams uh, uh, has composed. Um, which is crazy. Like that that yeah. John Powell could could come out and do that. Um, yeah, I th- I think that I think that people need to be a little bit more realistic. I think they need to be a little bit more patient. I think that Disney Disney I mean like like Disney's getting ready to spend 70 billion dollars to to um acquire Fox, 20th Century Fox. Fox. Yeah. And yeah. you say that number out loud. You read it and you're like, "Well, that's a lot of money." You say it out loud, 70 billion dollars. It sounds like a joke. It sounds like oh, how much is it? How much would it cost for it's like a Doctor Disney? Evil thing? Yeah, like how much would it cost for Disney to buy buy back uh, the X Men and Fantastic Four? Oh, I don't know. How about seventy billion dollars? It's yeah. like no, really. Like they're gonna spend seventy billion dollars basically for Hulu and the X Men, yeah. and that's that's what they're spending their money on because they know like oh, we'll get them back, and if we have the X Men, we're gonna. We're gonna make a lot of money off of that, uh, yeah. and and look, this is what they'll do. This is what Disney's gonna do. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. They're going to spend whatever it takes to get Fox. They're going to take the assets from Fox that they're after because they don't care about most of it. They're gonna take what they're after, and then they're gonna turn to Comcast and go, "Hey, Comcast, do you guys want the rest of this garbage? You guys want the Simpsons going into its twenty billionth season?" go for it like nobody nobody cares the simpsons are not relevant anymore right like fox 20th century or 21st century i can't remember if it's 20th or 21st i think it's 21st century fox owns a lot of properties they own a lot of properties that are very valuable and Mm -hmm. i think that that fox that disney is looking at this like an estate sale right they're going like can we just buy the whole lot or it's like it's more like um um, oh, what's the one uh, with the st- storage wars where oh, the people yeah. go in and they're like, they're like, I'm going to buy that storage locker sight unseen and crack it open. And, you know, like hopefully you hope that you can sell off oh, all the pieces yeah, yeah, and make your money back. And I think that Disney is looking at it and going, OK, between all of the things we can sell off, all of the things that we're going to get back, all of the Marvel stuff that we're going to get back, um, the things that we're after, like the Hulu streaming platform. All of this stuff, uh, we're gonna get it. We're and and we're gonna we're gonna make money off of the stuff that we're gonna keep, and we're gonna sell off the stuff that we don't want. We're gonna make back our seventy billion dollars in five years, right? Like, and then from there on out, it's all profit, and they're one of the most powerful media conglomerates on the planet, right? Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I think that Disney has bigger fish to fry than losing a few million dollars on solo at the box office. Now, like the solo at the box office 
relax. They're going to get their money back because between Blu-ray sales, which um, we should be getting a date. I thought we'd get a date today uh, during the Star Wars show, but um, uh, we didn't. I, I, but the, the, so it'll be next Wednesday, guaranteed next Wednesday on the star Wars show. We're going to get our Blu-ray release date because both target and Best Buy have listings up now for, uh, for solo on Blu-ray. So, um, you've been warned, go get, go pre-order your steel book at Best Buy. If that's what you collect. Um, I've been picking up the target ones. I like the target special editions that they've been putting out or collector's editions or whatever um Mm -hmm. which is even more difficult because i'm in canada but uh yeah i the the, between um the movie continuing to be in theaters for a little while longer uh and um and the merchandise is finally starting to hit shelves around here i don't know about down there but like i'm finally starting to see some of these toys and stuff um and then and then uh yeah, Blu-ray sales. I mean, like they're gonna make back their money. They're gonna be fine. It's gonna be a wash, but right. I, you know, obviously that's not what Disney is after. But they're not gonna. They're not looking at Solo and going, "Oh my God, we've screwed up so badly." Um, if anything, they're looking at the Last Jedi and going, "Man, how do we come back from that?" Because it affected Solo really badly, and I think right. they have to look at the way that they marketed Solo. And they have to. That's um, a big one too. Yeah, yeah. They have to look at their pre-production pipeline, which I think they've already done. And I think when you look at it, and you look at John Favreau doing the TV series, and I, I, the the Game of Thrones guys, uh, Benioff and Weiss, doing their trilogy or series. I don't even think it's a trilogy. I think it's just considered a series. And Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson doing his trilogy. Um, like those are all some. I was somebody somewhere I I mentioned that that there are nine Star Wars movies in development as if it was, well, that was yeah. and it's yeah. like well yeah because we know seven of them so there are two more that we don't know about right and yeah. uh, heads up we already know about them there's an Obi Wan Kenobi project that is happening whether or not it's an Ewan McGregor episode between episode three and four Obi-Wan project, or it's something else we've got to wait and see, but it's going to happen. It's like, they're going to use that character's name. And the other one is a Boba Fett project. Like this stuff is not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Disney is not pumping the brakes. They're not going to, uh, they already have the brakes pumped on them by virtue of the fact that solo came out and we're a year and a half away from The Last Jedi. By the time that we get back to... Or sorry, The Last Jedi, Episode 9. When we get to Episode 9 season next April, and we start getting our, our bits and bites, you know, Star Wars Celebration and whatnot, uh, everybody's going to be just fine. Everybody's going to be fine. These people that are a problem in the community right now are going to continue to be a problem. But I think that... Um, I think that the the wave has crested and now it's just going to kind of yeah. splash against the shore for a little while and then it's going to just it's just going to dissipate and you know like maybe in the future something else will cause another wave but um yeah I it's it's really simple there's a couple of things that they need to do in order to win back some of the support they need to 
announce that Mark Hamill is going to be in episode nine. They mm-hmm. need to announce that Lando is going to be in episode nine, that Billy D. Williams is going to be in it. There's rumors um, of that. And there's mm-hmm. lots of rumors that Billy D. is coming back for episode nine. They right. need to get out in front of some of this other stuff and be like, we hear you guys. Even if they're not changing anything, like, like this is the thing is this is what public relations is all about. Disney needs to come out and say, we hear you. We, uh, we respect your feelings on some of this stuff. Uh, we can't change the movies that have come out but we're going to focus really hard on the movies that are in production right now and make sure that they live up to the star Wars standard that our fans have come to know and love. Like you just make a statement like that, that is vague, but sort of, it sounds like it's copying to something, but it's not really. And then you just make your movies anyways. Um, and you just, you just have to change the narrative. And that's like, that's really what they need to do. I think the number one thing, that they could do right now to really uh, just chill out the whole fandom and get everybody back on the same page of we love Star Wars mm-hmm. is that they should announce uh, a new imprint under the Marvel Star Wars comics, uh, Star Wars Infinities, and they should say, okay, the Star Wars Infinities imprint can be from anything that's not the new canon anything you want so you can do rehashes of old stories you can do uh new stories that continue the legends uh storyline right or you can you can do something silly like tag and bank or whatever it's like um there was a rumor that star wars detours is is finally going to be moving into into uh distribution and uh and I think that that's sort of like this is this is what they're looking at and going like this is what we need to do right now. We need to put a couple of things out to let people know that Star Wars is many things to many different people and we respect that. Can you imagine if they announced tomorrow, hey, guess what? We're going to do a new comic series, um, New Jedi Order. We're going to take all of the books and we're going to actually retell those stories in comic book form in a monthly ongoing series until we've gone through the whole thing. Like that's our plan. And as long as you guys are buying it, we're going to continue doing that. So that's going to be legends characters. It's going to be Luke Skywalker married to Mara Jade. Uh, it's going to be the solo twins. It's going to be all of that stuff that everybody loves from back in the day, but it's going to be told in a new way. There might be some additional material sort of deleted scenes type stuff. If you will like that, that's I. Uh, that tells the story from other perspectives. I mean, like, like you think about certain books that are told from the perspective of one character. Um, I, Oh, I'm trying to remember which, which book it was. I think it was two of them that were, I was, a, it was one of the duologies that was told primarily from Coran Horn's perspective mm-hmm. when, with the story where he ends up desolating, uh, uh, is it a Thoria? The, the, what's what planet are the Athorians from? Whatever their planet is, I, I he ends up like his his action spoilers for a fifteen yeah. year old book. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that book takes place primarily. I think there's some other characters' perspectives, but it's primarily from his perspective. What if we focus on some of the other characters? What if we told some new stories that are happening or that were just inferred? Right, like if they came out and they did something like that, I think that you'd have a lot of the fans 
that are upset about the new canon, they would back off a little bit because they'd be getting what they what they want, right? And you'd like it's an olive branch almost to be like, here you go, have something that you guys like, have something that you want, um, mm. but but know that the movies are going to continue on the path that they're continuing on, and hopefully the the Benioff and Weiss project is Knights of the Old Republic, and that'll that's a great project that can be something completely new, but uh, but is giving the fans everything that they asked for, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of things that Disney and, and Lucasfilm can do to win back the favor of some of these fans. Some of them you're never going to because you put a female character in a lead role and all they want is uh, Carrie Fisher in a gold bikini. Right. Like that's what they want from their from their female care. And they don't want to think about anything else that Princess Leia ever did. They just want to think about that because that's the box that they've labeled um, basically just for women. Right. It's like, ah, they're objects. Right. So just stop trying to tell stories about women with interesting motivations or character arcs. We don't want that. We want them to just be objects that our male heroes can fantasize about and and um, and win. Right. Um there's that aspect of it. There's the there's the racist aspect of it where they're mad because there's an Asian American character in Star Wars and there's a black character in Star Wars and they had all of these preconceived notions about whatever weird white supremacist ideology. And like these people are the fringe of Star Wars fandom. They're not Star Wars fans. They are people who use Star Wars as a way to further their agenda right Mm -hmm. and i there's so many crazy things going on in the world right now and and they're just seizing on it and using star wars as a rallying cry or i mean like i've I've talked about it before it's like a bullhorn right like it's it's amplifying it Mm -hmm. um by getting out and because the star wars fan base is a rabid fan base the real fans i'm talking about now like the like the true star wars fans are nuts here we are we're about to we're 20 minutes into this episode we're going to talk for another 20 to 30 minutes about two episodes of a cartoon series that came out 10 years ago so like (laughs) like star wars fans are nuts we love this stuff it's part of our life um and when somebody threatens it we we get bent out of shape and then you know like like somebody comes along and says ah star wars sucks because now there's black people in stormtrooper armor and that makes me mad and then people who are like whoa 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 wait a second that's not appropriate don't say that star wars is great they come out and they say something and then somebody else comes out and goes well but it's not so great since disney and then the first person goes, goes oh, I, I like everything that Disney's doing. Well, I hate everything that Disney's doing. Meanwhile, the guy who was like, I don't like black people in Star Wars, he's just sitting back with a bucket of popcorn watching, watching us yeah. argue with each other, right? And there's that great meme going around right now of... Uh, it's like the one frame of Ray and it's like all uh, uh, Disney Star Wars fans oh, yeah. and uh, and then and then <laughs> yeah. the the frame of of Kylo Ren and it's like like uh, legend Star Wars fans or whatever and then them back to back and all the Praetorian guards all say toxic fans and right. I'm like that's exactly what we need to do and and I don't know I just I hope that I hope that 
the conversation we've been having about this over the last few weeks has been helpful to some people in in sort of dealing with some of this stuff. But but I don't like look Matt, you and I don't agree. We don't agree on a lot of things about where Star Wars is at right now. But right. but it doesn't change this. It doesn't change, you know, like we still love Star Wars and I think that that's that's what oh, everybody needs yeah. to remember and needs to focus on is that like the fandom is bigger than any one fan's opinion. Um, the only thing that I'll say about anything is that people need to go see solo if they haven't seen solo yet. And I'm sure that there's somebody listening to this who is still on the fence. The movie is for you. It is mm-hmm. for hardcore star Wars fans. There's references to so many great things uh, yeah. and it is like solo is an it's a it's an arc it's a four-part arc of the clone wars if the clone wars continued until uh-huh. 10 years before yeah. uh, a new hope like that's mm-hmm. it that's what it is like it's it's written in the same way as any of the best four-parters of the clone wars um mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen it yet the only you know, person you're hurting is yourself. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? Deprive yourself of some great, fun Star Wars. It's so good. You know what's funny is I, my dad is, uh, I think he's 71, mm-hmm. and um, he went to see. I had no idea he was going to go see it. I mean, he obviously took us as kids to the originals, and obviously he's an original guy. Um, wasn't necessarily into the prequels as much. Yeah. But even he came out, 71 years old, came out. And he loved Solo. I mean, he just he couldn't stop talking about it. We were driving to San Diego last week, and I'm not driving. We were uh, I think we were sitting on the beach or something. And uh, he started talking about Solo. I'm like, whoa! I haven't heard you talk about Star Wars in a long time. You know, yeah. back this is years and years ago. You know, so him talking about it and how much he enjoyed it and enjoy he loved Lando. He loved Alden as he even loved Kira. I mean, I, and it kind of threw me back. I got to tell you, it kind of threw me back a little bit because, like I said, he wasn't necessarily a big fan of the prequels, and mm-hmm. he's just an, an original trilogy guy. You know, he kind of grew up in that. He didn't, he didn't grow up. He was, what, geez, I don't know, 20, 30 when that actually that came out. So all I did say that, all I'm trying to say is just like, like you said, Mike, if you haven't seen this, I mean, if it can get a 71-year-old, you know, guy who's not necessarily into into Star Wars much, but he knows the character of Han Solo. He even, he came out and said, that was fantastic. I mean, come on, this is, you guys are missing out. And, and, and I, and it's kind of funny how this, all the, this, this story today is coming around. These, this yeah. rumor about them closing, uh, kind of shutting down or, or putting on pause, these other things at this point, it's like, ah, like you said, I don't know about this. Like, this is the timing is just kind of weird. It's like, oh, all of a sudden now we're going to take a break. It's like, well, and and this is on the heels of, like you said, um, Tom King at a convention saying, oh, yeah, there's like nine movies in development. Yeah. And like you said, you can pick out, obviously, you're talking about Ryan Johnson stuff and the D- being off and Weiss. And if you count the TV series and then maybe, and then, how, you know, Boba Fett and Obi-Wan maybe. So you're all, almost at nine right there. So, it's like, uh, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Just like with the Obi-Wan and the Boba Fett, nothing's been confirmed by Lucasfilm, but there were some pretty major outlets that were, so I think it was a Hollywood reporter that was reporting yeah. this. So it's like, uh, I don't, it's it's pretty crazy. So again, all rumors, um, we'll just kind of have to sit back and wait and see what's going on. I mean, 
Um, I, that, I, it's so, really hard to figure out right now. You know, it, yeah. it, with the way things are going with The Last Jedi and, and Solo Box, I was like, it's just, yeah. It, who knows what's going well, on? Well, it's right such now. a minefield. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's crazy. I think, so here's here's the, the justification I'll, I'll give for this news making the rounds. I think it's being blown out of proportion if it is true. Uh, the only way I see this being true is if Lucasfilm is looking at it and going, okay, we had a plan. We were going to get these movies coming out right. to a year. Let's pump the brakes. Let's put out one a year. So yeah. let's just extend yeah. the timeline a little right. bit. It's like, okay, so we've got all this stuff in development. Cause when you think about how they had, how they've got stuff in development, like they're, they're going like, okay, uh, we've got episode nine coming out in, in 2019. And then after that, we want to start ramping up production for, or we want to have production ramped up, I should say, for mm-hmm. whatever's coming next. So they go, okay, Ryan Johnson, you're going to make three movies. Uh, Benny Off and Weiss, you're going to make a series of films. Let's get these things going. Let's grab these filmmakers and sign them for multiple projects, right? It's like, okay, you know, Ryan Johnson's going to direct the first one and then he's just going to produce the other two, but we'll get directors for those and he'll oversee it because we trust him now because we've seen what he did with the last jedi <laughs> like they're looking at that and going like this is gonna be rough but um not <laughs> because he's gonna make bad movies he's gonna make great movies but i think because it's gonna be really it's gonna be a tough road to hoe with the with some of the fans but um yeah i i like i think they look at it and they were going like okay we're gonna get this to a point just like marvel where we're putting out two star wars movies a year and i think that they might be looking at it and going because of the timeline between the last Jedi and solo going like, Oh, this doesn't work. Maybe we need to keep this and leave it as something special. It's one thing for the, um, for the, for the, uh, uh, Marvel movies to be like every six months or even like less than that, every three to four months. Um, although we got a really big stretch between Ant-Man and, uh, and Captain Marvel. But, um, yeah, looking at it and going like, like maybe we need to to, maybe Star Wars needs to re- remain once a year at the most, um, and right. and and uh, the other thing that I think they're looking at is they're going like that Christmas window is, it's better, it's better than oh, the yeah, summer cool. window. Yeah. I think that if oh, Solo yeah. had been pushed and it would have come out in the winter and they would have had more time to, to market it and more time to just do a few more things um, and really get people excited about it in the same way and do the red carpet and do all that stuff. I think that we all kind of fell into a cadence over the last three years going to the movies at a certain time. It's like, and Star Wars became synonymous with Christmas for me, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. like Christmas doesn't start until after Star Wars comes out. Cause like, <laughs> I'm too busy. I'm focused on Star Wars. Right. So like it became right. like, it, it very quickly became a habit over three years. And then solo comes out in the summer and it's like, well, this is different. This is not the audience. Wasn't, I don't think prepared for it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the marketing just didn't have enough of a lead time because they didn't want to market solo at the same time as the last Jedi and confuse people. And I get that. But when you sit down for infinity war, there's a trailer for Ant-Man. Ant-Man. <laughs> I yeah. don't know yeah. how much more simple, simply I can put it yeah. than it's when your part, fans yeah. are in the theater, you tell them about the next project, right? Like it's, if you can, if it's that far along, right? Like 
I don't know. Um, there, 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 there were just there were some fumbles with Solo, and it's a shame because I honestly think it's probably the best of the Disney Star Wars movies so far, mm. and it's just not finding its audience. But the people who do go to see it love it. People who yeah. like you're telling, like you told your story, and that is like people who have been out of Star Wars or really just don't care or whatever. They're just kind of meh about Star Wars. See Solo and go, now that's a fun movie. I want more of that yeah. Star Wars, right? Less of the the angsty, uh, uh, melancholic Star Wars like The Last Jedi. I don't blame people. Mm-hmm. But throw in The Empire Strikes Back, revisit that, and tell me it's not the same tone. Anyways, I <laughs> get into a whole thing. <laughs> but, like, the, yeah. like, people love Solo. <laughs> if it had gotten the the treatment that it deserved uh, marketing-wise, for whatever the reason, whether it's because they didn't want to cross-market or um, or uh, it was the, the, the production timeline got got sort of crunched because of all of the reshoots um, and they didn't they didn't feel like they had anything to show um, whatever the reason why they that's why solo underperformed more than anything because the average person who would have gone to see a new Star Wars movie they they don't care about what these trolls are saying on the internet they don't it's not it's right. not really affecting them it's affecting us and i think it affected the star wars fandom and i think it split the fandom in half and half of the people didn't bother going to see solo i think that that hurt it but i don't think it hurt it as much as the fact that there weren't trailers and there weren't you know like like the commercials started up but they started up kind of out of nowhere and a lot of people were like wait is this coming out now i'm i'm confused <laughs> right so i don't know it's a there's there's a lot of things and we're going to be armchair quarterbacking uh, Disney yeah. for a while, but yeah. I don't know, man. We got Star Wars Land next year. We got Resistance this fall. It sounds like John Favreau's project is coming sooner rather than later. Uh, like oh. maybe like like yes. sometime early next year, maybe next summer or something like that. Like, yeah. If Star Wars is not going yeah. anywhere, they're not slowing down. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's fine. I like your idea of the the one a year. Um, that would be in Christmas time. I mean, I think it's a good. I think it's a good plan. And if that's what they're yeah. doing, then I think that that makes sense, and I support and that decision. But yeah, I think that's they could be just taking it like, hey, hold on, let's let's peel back a second, and then and then you know who knows, two weeks from now, two months from now, they go, oh, okay, we're back on track. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do Obi Wan in twenty twenty Christmas. Uh, you know, you got episode nine in 2019 Christmas. We'll do yeah. Obi-Wan and then 2021 Boba Fett or whatever they end up doing. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think this thing is ever fluid. And uh, like I said earlier, it's just a rumor. That's the rumor that was going around today. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're probably going to hear it. You've probably already seen it. Um, so at this point, it's just a rumor. But. Uh, other than that, you were you mentioned the um, the uh, solo uh, Blu-ray and 4K coming out. Man, yep. I'm excited for that. That you get that uh, that Target thing too, man. You get that model. Um, yeah. Shoot, I'm all over that thing. with some 4K. So uh, that's what I'm going to be looking at is that uh, that 4K release with the uh, with the model. So nice. Is that the one you were looking at? Um, I'm going to get it without the model because those little model kits are, are just a nightmare to put together. But uh, <laughs> It's true. That is true. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I, yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty nice little, pretty, pretty nice little um, thing. Filmmaker gallery bonus stuff. Yeah. Obviously, you're gonna get bonus content and all. That yeah, stuff. and I mean, the biggest thing yeah. for me is that um, I'm gonna wait and see what cover art looks like. We know what the Best Buy Blu-ray looks like. We don't know what the cover art for the for the Target one looks like. But that's usually how I. Make yeah, all decision. they show is the poster. Yeah. You know, they're just showing basically the poster. So who knows yeah. what what they actually look like? But yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, just a lot of just rumors and stuff. Uh, anything else before? Uh, you want to mention Mike? Anything going on? No. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's get into the recaps. All right. It's time. For the Rebel Cells Clone Wars Special Edition recap. Is it civilized? Uh, that depends on your definition of civilized. I'm enjoying this far too much. All right, we got two episodes covered today. Mike Dooku Captured is the first one directed by... Jesse Yee, and written by Julie Siege. Uh, the tag, Quartz uh, Cookie, The Winding Path to Peace, is always a worthy one, regardless of how many turns it takes. So we start out using a rocket pack, a space-suited Obi-Wan Kenobi boards a Separatist frigate inside the ship. He sneaks past inattentive battle droids, making his way to the det- detention center. He finds the cell he's looking for, the only one holding, uh, the one holding Anakin Skywalker. Kenobi hands Anakin his lightsaber and the two bicker about why Anakin didn't need his weapon. He was purposely captured by the Separatists, unarmed, to be drawn aboard his ship. Um, Anakin has confirmed that this is the flagship of Count Dooku. So, Mike, uh, we start with this prologue thing that yeah. I don't remember ever seeing it uh, before or again in the Clone Wars. As far as um, Anakin fighting, he was fighting Dooku. So this is, I mean, how many times now is he going to fight Dooku in between? Yeah, uh, you know, three. So he's fighting him, and, and he um, basically, uh, you know, kind of gives up, or you know, tries to show that whatever he kind of basically just gives up to allow himself to get captured. So, yeah. Well, um, then Obi Wan goes to find him. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. a lot of that um, pre-roll was actually like the fight is actually from the movie. That's that's the fight on oh, right, right, right. on Tatooine because yeah. you remember in the movie um, they end up on Tatooine and Anakin and Dooku fight uh, while Obi Wan and Ahsoka I think or maybe just Obi Wan return um, Jabba's son to him um, mm, yeah right. so so I like that's they just use that little clip there. Um, I don't think that it's meant to imply that that story connects into, mm, right, right, into this episode. But then, yeah, yeah. Well, Obi and you got Obi Wan too in the spacesuit. I mean, I knew yeah. you had to be happy to see uh, Obi Wan, right? <laughs> always, always. That always was pretty always. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and like I said, Anakin, it was obviously part of their plan to do that. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing about these episodes. Uh, this this definitely felt like a a um you know back-to-back episodes i I, you mentioned it last week and i don't obviously they're titled different it wasn't you know part one and two but these definitely felt like back-to-back and i i um i love i like this one a lot better than the second one um just the banter throughout this episode fantastic writing from from 
from Julie here and whoever helped Julie see write this. But yeah. I love the banter between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. I mean, this is what we kind of saw in Episode two and three, and it continues here in the Clone Wars. And I just the, the voice acting, uh, the writing is just I love this episode. And part of it was because of this relationship between these two, and and just everything you get into. And it's like it's almost like they never panic it's always like they're always jabbing at each other no matter how stressful the situation obi-wan's always got some kind of a quip for anakin and anakin's always got some kind of you know snide response and i just love it so uh any uh any other thoughts mike before you continue no no let's keep going let's keep going with this one okay i the jedi make their way to dooku's quarters where they find the sith lord serenely meditating in a cross-legged pose Skywalker and Kenobi ignite their lightsabers, but Dooku does not budge. Suddenly, the ship starts to rock. It's being hit by enemy fire from a Republic destroyer that has entered the area. It's the Resolute, and aboard its bridge, Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tano command the assault. So I, it's it's funny because this these two episodes, this first part really just feels like a really long prologue to me, mm-hmm. where it's like the story doesn't really start until. Um, Dooku is captured by Hondo. Um, Hondo. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit funny the way that this is paced, I think. Um, but, but it is good adventure. It's just these two episodes, like they, they're really just solid adventure. That's really all that's going on. Right. Yeah. And, and, and at this point here too, Anakin, he's, a. They're kind of, you know, he's chasing after Dooku and they're yep. running, they're falling down the chute thing and force lightning and he's blocking with his lightsaber. And it's just like, oh man, it's good times right there. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, the separate ship is outgunned and targeted for boarding. Anakin orders Dooku uh, to surrender, but the Sith Lord instead trips a trapdoor open and vanishes to an escape hatch. Anakin impulsively dives through the open hatch to give chase while Obi-Wan sets off toward the hangar in a bid to head, it, uh, to head off Dooku at the pass. Anakin loses sight of Dooku, and the Count twists his way into the hangar, where he promptly boards his solar sailor. Kenobi arrives at the hangar just in time to see the exotic vessel slide through the uh, magcon field, flanked by Vulture starfighter escorts. Obi-Wan races aboard a Nimbornian shuttle and is quickly joined by Anakin, who emerges in the hangar. The ungainly transport pulls away from the bridge, chasing down the fleet. So this is what I was talking about, where he jumps through and just yeah. the action there, like you said, just cutting back and forth action here let's go 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 so i kind of love that um really enjoy seeing anakin uh light that saber up and good yeah. times there with the force line and good stuff go ahead mike uh, a blast from the shuttle's cannons clips dooku's sailor and its flight path begins to curve toward the nearby planet of vancor the vulture escorts turn around to harry the shuttle one of the vultures collides with the shuttle's wing now both hunter and hunted are diving toward the planet Both crippled ships crash not far from each other. The overcast planet is marked by smoky, crystalline formations. Kenobi and Skywalker emerge from their crash shuttle and spot the similarly downed sailor. Cautiously approaching the craft, they find it abandoned, but affixed with a homing beacon, calling for help. Anakin destroys the beacon with his lightsaber, while Obi-Wan surmises that Dooku isn't going anywhere and can't be far. Um... Yeah, where I I love that Anakin and Obi Wan I uh, chase in a ship that uh, I I yeah. is very similar to the Ghost, right? Um, yeah, that that awesome Nemoidian shuttle that uh, 
that we know one of those is eventually going to be repurposed into the sorry not the ghost the phantom 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 two uh yeah yeah, so i uh, anytime that ship shows up i love it um yeah it's funny because i always think like when stuff shows up on rebels that is from the clone wars or or reminiscent or whatever it's always like huh they're just repurposing a model and now watching clone wars from season one it's like there are moments where you're like hey that that gets used in later seasons of clone wars <laughs> and that also gets used in star wars rebels and i'm sure that we're going to see some of this stuff in resistance um yeah yeah good to know. yeah that's a good point good point um the jedi start their search in nearby caves they sense much life inside including the unmistakable presence of count dooku Using their lightsabers for illumination, the Jedi search the alien interior, but are nearly covered by a cascade of crashing uh, stalactites. Elsewhere in the shadows, Count Dooku grins at his handiwork. He uses the Force to pull Anakin's lightsaber from the debris. Adding it to his belt, Dooku triumphantly walks out of the cave and uses the Force to collapse its entrance. Dooku returns to his sailor to find that he is joined by a massive saucer-shaped ship of an unknown origin. A party of over a dozen weak wave pirates looks the Nemoidian shuttle and uh, loots the Nemoidian shuttle and sailor. The pirate leader Hondo Anaka spots the confident Dooku striding toward the landing area. Onaka does not seem intimidated by Dooku's stately manner. He instead co- covetously eyeing the sailor, realizing the wealth of the stranger. So, Mike, here it is: the intro to Hondo and the talents yeah. of Jim Cummings. I know one of your favorites. Uh, and it's it's so weird because I, for some reason I just thought that Hondo was later on in the seasons and mm. didn't even uh, you know totally forgot about that. You mentioned no, it last he's, week, like he's, Return of Hondo. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, go ahead. He's in this in these two episodes. He'll also show up in I uh, in oh no wait that's not until season two. Two I think yeah 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 the Seven Samurai episode. But yeah he's I uh, he's Hondo is I uh, is is going to be around for a while. Uh, yeah, that character we know that he survives to the sequel era because right. he's going to be uh, in uh, Black Spire Outpost. Um, as a matter of fact, he will be leading you to Chewbacca on the uh, the the adventure on the Millennium oh, right. Falcon for that ride. Right. So, um, oh, yeah, story. I was going to save this for the email section, but but uh, uh, Martin actually uh, was talking to me today on Twitter about um or maybe it was last night about um about hondo and hoping that eventually we get to see a live action hondo and i replied well we're gonna see one in galaxy's edge um and that's i'm really interested to see what's gonna happen with that and i kind of hope that they're gonna put jim cummings in a bunch of makeup (laughs) and uh and have him do some stuff right um but i think that we also might get um animatronics um, uh, with the voiceover, maybe. Yeah, 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 with the voiceover, and then and then maybe something within the ship where, like, you're when you're in the cockpit, he's he's talking to you over the comms. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, Hondo gonna be gonna be very important to that ride to and to uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire Outpost on the planet Batu. Uh, remember mm. all that? It's gonna be on the quiz. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but there's a. <laughs> There's this great synergy with Hondo and the Disney purchase 
even though he's a character that originated in the Clone Wars, because he's voiced by Jim Cummings, who is so famously known as the voice of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, as well as Darkwing Duck and actually many other characters, um, he's got a great working relationship with Disney to this yeah. day. Um, in fact, he even voices Darkwing Duck in the new DuckTales series. So I... Yeah, like it, the idea that they're sitting around going like, well, what are we going to use? And somebody goes Hondo and somebody else goes, well, that's perfect because we've got Jim Cummings in the studio for, you know, his bit part in Star Wars Resistance anyways. Right. He's going to be in an episode of the new Lego series, whatever that ends up being. That's we've missed that in the news. Sorry, I'm going to make a real quick detour here um, and just say that I I. I tweeted a while back about wondering when the announcement for Freemaker season three was going to come. And, uh, and, uh, Bob Roth, it was either Bob Roth or Bill Motts. I can't remember. I think it was Bob Roth. I tweeted back. Oh, I, you know, like that's, uh, unfortunately it ends in season two. That's the end of the series. Um, but they are working on something else. So like this, this, this tweet, keeps resurfacing every once in a while somebody somebody likes it or somebody finds it and goes oh man because like lucasfilm never formally announced like oh yeah this is the end of freemaker adventures they never canceled it in that sort of a sense um but yeah i i it is it is gonna be going away but um or it is it has gone away but um people shouldn't be afraid shouldn't shouldn't fear not because um the team that that did freemaker adventures is apparently at work on something new uh to mm. which i said um to man i'm trying to find this tweet while i talk about this but it was a little while ago um when you guys are allowed to talk about it it was either to, to bob roth or bill Motts. uh when you guys are allowed to talk about it we'd love to have you on the show and uh, and and they replied, yeah, absolutely. So, um, mm. so we're just waiting on that announcement, and then we will have them on the podcast. Um, yeah, I think it was Bob Roth. Here, I found it. Uh, yeah, it was. Sorry, it was. It, this is why, like, because both Bob Roth and Bill Motts are like jumping in and out of this conversation. They're both chatting mm. at us. Um, and, uh, it was Bob Roth who said, we'd love to. So I said, uh, here, I'll read the whole thread. So back in April on April 11th, uh, I, I tweeted at, at both Bob Roth and Bill Motts. When are we going to get news about the next season of Lego star Wars Freemaker adventures? I need new episodes real bad. And I, uh, and I put a little gif of, uh, of Grabala going, I'm literally begging you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Bob Roth replied pretty quick. Uh, sorry to say the end of season two is the end of the road for the Freemaker adventures, but that doesn't mean the end of Lego Star Wars. The galaxy is vast and filled with stories to tell. And then uh, somebody else came on and found this uh, uh, with the, the Twitter name Ghost Daddy said, I just told my five year old and he's devastated. He loves the show more than anything else. And Bill Motts jumped in. So that was in that was actually at the beginning of this month. That was uh, uh, June 9th. Um, 
that Ghost Daddy posted that, and then Bill Motts was really quick or within the uh, day saying, tell him not to be too sad. Something's coming. We hope will bring some joy. And then I <laughs> replied to that immediately and said, we would love to, to, uh, uh, to Bill Motts, uh, we would love to talk to you on Rebels Podcast about whatever is next as soon as you're allowed to. And Bob Roth got back to me real quick and said, we'd love to. So uh, Lego Star Wars is working on another project. And being that this is Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast, when that breaks, obviously we'll be covering it. And uh, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever it is they're working on. I want to know. I want to know more. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to get there. And so I'm sure, all of that to say, I'm sure that at some point uh, Jim Cummings was in the studio to record uh, uh, as Hondo Onaka for that because uh, if it's a Lego show and it there's a a young Jedi like character on that show that needs some guidance from a, uh, a, a less than scrupulous uh, a pirate, uh, I I know exactly who to call. So um, yeah, Hondo is a character that like and and the thing that I love about it is. Um, he's such a fun character. He's so versatile. He can do so many things in this story. He's going to be a bit of a bad guy, but, and then uh, when we see him again in that seven samurai type episode, he's going to be a bit of a bad guy in that one as well. But then you get to the youngling arc and he kind of is a bad guy, but then also ends up saving the day and, uh, being a bit of a hero. So, and then obviously when we see him in star Wars rebels, He's been a hero and he was very helpful in Freemaker Adventures as well. So he's just, he's had a bit of an evolution like so many of the bad guys that we love. They stick around for long enough. Um, it's like, I think I, I, there's the, the Dark Knight. I I quote, like if the, the hero sticks or lives long enough to see themselves become the villain. That, yeah. There's that quote that gets used a lot, and I think in Star Wars it might actually be the opposite, where it's like <laughs> if you're a villain, stick around for long enough, and you'll become a you'll become a hero, eventually. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I think is a great piece of Star Wars legacy because just look at the biggest bad in all of Star Wars starts off as a hero, becomes a villain, and redeems himself as a hero. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. how much more Star Wars can it get then? Yeah. <laughs> Hondo starting off as an antagonistic force, although the way that the Gungan general ends, not so much. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and then eventually becoming one of our beloved uh, neutral characters. But neutral. but you oh, know, sure. like Hondo's got a heart of gold, and that's the thing that th- that sets him apart from some others. Yeah, and it gets, and this is kind of the first we see the seeds of this at the end of this kind of two blocks yeah. here of why uh why he kind of changes over the seasons here and where yeah. he ends up Absolutely. so um yeah i know it's uh just to continue on here you know talking about dooku and anakin and yeah. anakin loses his lightsaber again uh he's done that a couple of times now we've seen that so they kind of hit on that obi-wan's gonna be sense. very upset <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and and dooku to him uh i love how he kind of strides out in front of these uh these pirates no yeah. fear at all uh, just kind of showing his bravado and he's not afraid of anything. And it's kind of funny to see the little, um, the, 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 the Celestin, uh, you know, monkey 
kind of jump on them and it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Oh, that, no, you've got that wrong. Kawaki Wait, and monkey lizard. Kawaki, what is Celestia? Come on. What the Salacious hell? crumb is why you went Celestia. So, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right, but yeah. he's a Kawaki and monkey lizard. Oh, I almost had to turn in my Star Wars card. I know. There, but, uh, you saved me. You saved me. Good thing. Uh, go, <laughs> go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, meanwhile, inside the cave, Anakin uses the Force to create a shelter from the falling rocks. Skywalker instinctively reaches for his lightsaber, but it's not there. Kenobi casually emerges from the shadows, dusting himself off, not seeming any worse for wear. He chastises Skywalker for once again losing his lightsaber. But Kenobi loses a bit of his airs when he attempts to ignite his own weapon, which has been damaged in the cave-in. Something stirs in the darkness. An angry Gundark suddenly drops from the cave ceiling, lunging toward the Jedi. The beast chases Anakin while Kenobi fiddles with his damaged weapon. Obi-Wan belatedly uses the Force to pelt the Gundark with rocks. Anakin joins in, and the beast is repelled. So, not only do we get the first appearance of a, of a beloved new character in Hondo Onaka, but we get the first appearance in, on screen of a Gundark referenced yeah. originally in Empire Strikes Back. So, yeah. uh, big, this is a very pivotal episode. So yeah, definitely. Very important. Gives you a- Gives good context to yep. what exactly you know the gun dark and like oh pulling the ears just... off one yeah it would take yeah, a lot it's like holy okay now I get it that's that's yeah. big there uh, Onaka playing the helpful type offers Duku transport to the nearest planet Florum six parsecs away Duku accepts concealing his lightsabers from the pirates Onaka orders his men to return to the ship they are heading home with their new guest when the Weequay craft arrives at Florum. Duku realizes his lightsabers have been snatched by the pickpocketing talons of Pilf Muckmuck, a, grief, uh, a green-furred Kowakian monkey lizard loyal to Onaka. Uh, Duku is unarmed and surrounded by dozens of pirates. Over 30 rifles point at Duku's back as Onaka relishes his prize, the leader of the Clanker army, in his possession. He hopes to ransom the Sith Lord to the Republic. So... Uh, and this kind of sets up too, like Hondo is, you know, we kind of think of him as kind of goofy and all that, but he, he he's pretty damn smart. Um, and you have to be, I think, and they kind of point to this, you have to be mm-hmm. to survive the outer rim uh, on this territory they're in. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the reasons why he's he's the way he is, you know, it's, it's the outer rim. So he, he suspects, and this is what's great too, is, um, well, actually it comes up with this. I'll, I'll let you read this next, Mike, and we'll talk sure. about the uh, inside the Vancor cave, Anakin and Obi-Wan continue using the force to build a barricade between them and the Gundark. A collapse of rock opens a fissure in the cave, and noxious green gas begins filling the cavern. The Jedi try to dig their way out of the collapsed opening, but the gas is overwhelming them. They collapse just as the cavern entrance explodes from outside. Ahsoka Tano and her clone forces have blasted the cave open. They also take care of the angry Gundark by collapsing the entrance once more uh so ahsoka to the rescue yeah she comes in use a little force uh throw some rocks at the gundark and uh, they uh drop the uh the cave opening there on uh, coruscant chancellor palpatine and his staff review a holographic message from hondo anaka the weekway pirate chief makes his demands a million credits worth of spice delivered by an unarmed diplomatic ship padme amadala realizes that this may be their only chance to get dooku she suggests that the republic dispatch two jedi to confirm dooku's capture onaka uh, agrees if the jedi arrive unarmed onaka graciously greets the jedi obi-wan and anakin anakin goes on about the great battle that saw dooku uh, defeated inflate the tail of his pirates 
inflating the tale of his pirate's performance. Anakin isn't listening. He's surprised to spot his lightsaber in the claws of the quacking monkey lizard. So I was going to say about Hondo is he's also, um, as far as a smart, he suspects that the Republic will pay more for a Dooku than the separatists. Uh, so he's kind of playing, obviously he's playing both sides here. He's trying, obviously trying to make the most money he can. So why not, you know, draw offers from both of them and, and try to double cross both sides uh, at the same time. And we see, we're going to see how that, uh, ends up. You want to, we have to, oh, we have to finish Go ahead, Mike. You want to finish it? Yeah. I, this is the last one. I, uh, Onaka yeah. arranges a meeting between the Jedi and Dooku. So the Republic can confirm the count's capture. Suspended, splayed in a containment field is the Count. Kenobi and Skywalker grin at the Sith Lord's turn of misfortune. Dooku remains defiant, confident that he won't remain a captive for long. He also chides the Jedi for their naivety, for he warns them that the devious Weequay may overstep themselves and, and target the Jedi next. At the Weequay party, revelry abounds with drunkenness, food, dancing, and merriment. Kenobi and Skywalker are still on their guard, but Hondo insists they have a drink. It is tradition. Skywalker still doesn't understand how these pirates could have pulled off the capture of Dooku, but Obi-Wan asks him not to question such an unexpected gift. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read this first. Um, we're going to continue on with the Yeah, right into the next episode. Sure. So Justin Ridge, same writer, Julie Siege. Um, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi awaken in a prison cell at the Weequay pirate compound on Florham. They've been drugged and are tethered together along with Count Dooku cha- uh, by a charged line. The pirates have tossed aside any notions of alliance and are greedily seeking to triple their pay for their three hostages. Hondo, Anaka, and Turk Falso discussing, uh, discuss their incoming ransom, eager to get a shipment of spice from the Republic. Turk feels that, this, uh, that the Separatists would have offered a bigger payout, but Hondo is certain the Separatists would have simply dispatched their droid army to wipe out the pirates. Onaka leaves Turk in charge of getting a ransom from the Republic uh, diplomat and envoy when they arrive. So, so we start off in Florham, and we're on Florham, um, and definitely, like I said earlier, this feels like a two-parter. But here's the here's the thing: um, Anakin and, and Obi Wan are with Dooku, and they're they're suffering the effects of being drugged. But I don't know if there's a continuity error, or they just didn't want to explain or go over how they were drugged because. It, I don't know if you notice this, Mike. At the end of Dooku Captured, they show Obi and, and, and Obi Wan and Anakin kind of um, s- swap out the drinks with the Force, um, mm. and then all of a sudden, I, you know, the, the two other the two pirates that they swapped it out with, they take a drink and then they pass out, and then Anakin and Obi Wan continue to drink and kind of hang out. So um, I don't. I don't know exactly what happened there. Like I said, I don't know if it was like a continuity thing. They, they just didn't catch that. Or, I mean, did you notice that? Cause I had, I rewound that, that portion a yeah. couple of times to make sure that did they just swap the drinks out? Oh, they did. So how the hell did they get drugged? I don't know. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter. Some, somewhere along the line, they got, they got drugged. I, yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, it is. I, I remember that even from the first time, first time? I yeah. this aired that they go. And I don't know, maybe you go back and listen to that season, <laughs> that that original episode. You and thought? hear me yeah. go like, I'm kind of confused at how that happened. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just kind of I imagine that at some point Hondo manages to pull the rug out from under them. Yeah, that's how I figured. Yeah, yeah. just somehow later on. But uh, but seeing those three. Uh, 
in a cell together, you know, Dooku, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Just, um, wow, it's just so weird seeing those three together in that sort of way, uh, especially coming off of, you know, episode two and, and, and what happened with that and just to see them kind of interact and have to kind of work together somewhat in this episode as actually kind of a treat for me. So, um, yeah. uh, go ahead, Mike, go ahead. Uh, here we go. Turk wants to follow his own plans. He orders another pirate to intercept the Republic shuttle and bring it down with the spice shipment intact. Turk plans to tell Hondo that the ship and its valuable cargo were destroyed while he steals the ransom. On Coruscant, the holographic form of Senator Karras checks in with Chancellor Palpatine, Yoda, and Mace Windu. Karras is about to arrive at Florum with the junior diplomatic representative, Jar Jar Binks. They have yet to make contact with the Jedi, but will once they've landed. The Republic shuttle enters the atmosphere of Florum, and Karras and Jar Jar are advised to take their seats. Jar Jar, though, has difficulty unhitching the restraints. Um, so there's a, there's a really funny aspect to this episode where... I Hondo has made a deal with the Republic to mm. hand over uh, Dooku for this spice, right? And Anakin and Obi-Wan are the envoys who, who are sort of like there and then, you know, like the, the this diplomatic envoy is going to meet them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hondo decides that he's going to double cross the Republic, right? but the spice shipment's already on its way. And Turk decides that he's going to double cross Hondo right? and take down the ransom. But like Hondo's already planning. He's already double crossed the Republic because now he's got the Jedi captive as well. And it, yeah. so what was he going to do? He was just going to keep the spice and then ask for more. And it's like these pirates are just so untrustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I wrote the same thing down. It's like Hondo's super good at being a pirate but he can't like, even trust his own men yeah um, if if they if hondo himself were more trustworthy and his men trusted him more and didn't feel the need to go out of their way and be pirates behind his back mm-hmm. then and they could have just made the deal then the republic would have just paid for dooku taken dooku they would have gotten the spice shipment and everything would have been fine right but they there's yeah. so, like they kind of their own their greed gets in the way of their own Oh man, fortune, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I, it's, no, it's interesting. Yeah. There's sort of an interesting moral there. Yeah, no, it's definitely no honor uh, yeah. among thieves. And this this episode, by the way, uh, Hondo's initial entry into the Star Wars galaxy marks the decline of his grand empire. This is mm-hmm. the most resources we oh, ever yeah. see Hondo with. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's true. As yeah. the series goes on, it gets worse and worse for him to the point where we find him in Star Wars Rebels. He doesn't even have a crew anymore. Yeah. Um, and I like to think like Hondo is very clearly uh, a pirate archetype, but I think that he's actually very similar to, to Jack Sparrow. I think that he's very inspired by a Jack Sparrow type, that same archetype of the that sort of swarthy pirate. Um and and it's funny because that's kind of where we meet Jack Sparrow. He did have the ship, he did have everything, and he had a crew and whatnot. And when we meet him at the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean, he's lost everything, including his <laughs> yeah. ship. Um, yeah. And and we see him sort of build it all back up. But um, yeah, Hondo's very similar. So it's there's another Disney connection there. Yeah, definitely. Um, a disc-shaped pirate ship drops in behind the shuttle and opens fire, carrying out Turk's dirty work. 
The shuttle swerves to avoid getting blasted. Inside the shuttle, Jar Jar is thrown to and fro. A missile impacts the shuttle and it drops from the sky, slamming violently to the ground. Meanwhile, at the pirate compound, Doku, uh, Dooku uses the force to lift a discarded plate of food toward his cell door. He maneuvers a carelessly left-behind knife into the key slot, tipping, uh, tri- uh, tripping the door open. Dooku and the two Jedi are free. So here's my thing. Um, Dooku is able to use the force, and I'm sure either any one of them could have done that, to un- he manipulates a knife to unlock the door. Mm. So how stupid are these pirates? You're letting force users alone? I mean, obviously you knew that that Dooku was um, some kind of force user. I don't know if they knew that he was a Sith at this point. But you mm. know you have Jedi there, uh, and they just leave him uh, <laughs> kind of unattended. Uh, I mean, they got their hands bound, but, I mean, come on, that's, that's all you're going to do? I mean, they... You know, you do realize they can use the force. So I thought that was kind of funny that they uh, stupid enough to leave these guys alone and obviously easily breaks out. But um, that was kind of funny. And also the Star Trek uh, seems like Enterprise that they were using uh, as their, their <laughs> shuttle. I don't know if you I don't know if you yeah. uh, it just totally reminded me of that. So it's kind of funny. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, OK, we're we're at the shuttle crashed. Yeah. Yep. The shuttle has crashed in the Doshar Fields, a stretch of desert with smoldering sulfuric geysers. Herds of burly scalders, four-legged burly creatures with thick hides, wander the flats. The clone troopers in Jar Jar emerge from the wrecked craft. The pilots and Senator Karras have died, leaving Jar Jar in command. Back at the pirate base, Turk's henchman reports his success to his master. Though he has shot down the shuttle, he did not collect the spice. The cowardly henchmen believe there to be Republic survivors, and he didn't want to risk a fight. Turk is furious. He gathers a gang of six bikers, and they speed off into the waste on their heavy speeder bikes. Uh, one thing to note that we haven't mentioned thus far, uh, Jar Jar in this episode, voiced by BJ Hughes, and <laughs> yeah. just so yeah. off. So Dude, weirdly I, off. Yeah. And it's like there are so many people on the planet who can do great Jar Jar impersonations where did they find this guy to do this Jar Jar impersonation? Yeah, the performance yeah. is fine. It just doesn't sound like Jar Jar, right? That's you know, it's funny. I wrote the same thing down, and it's funny that you brought it up. I, I wrote the same like, oh, this is the the quick um, in and out of BJ Novak as the yeah. voice of Jar Jar. No, no, BJ just, Hughes. BJ Novak. BJ is Hughes. What are I, somebody BJ else? Novak. What the hell did I come up with that? Anyway, BJ yeah, Novak BJ is from uh, the Office. It's the Office. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so jarring. Like, you're just like, whoa, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's obviously not the same and it kind of makes you go, man, I guess, uh, you know, it's like, I'm at best, man. He really, he really has a way with it. I mean, I'm, I know there's, like you said, there's gotta be people that can do a little better version, but this was pretty, pretty far off. Um, you know, good, good try, but, uh, I don't know. It was kind of rough for me. You know what I mean? It's, it was, ooh, that was a little jarring. But anyway, oh well, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah. They got they got Ahmed Best to come back and <laughs> it was again. So we're okay here. We're all fine. Um, so we're, uh, let's see, um, the clones. Wait, where are we at? Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin. Oh, there it is. Yeah, Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin sneak through the pirate compound, having to stay close due to their shackles. The crafty Kowakian Piff Mukmuk spots them as they make their way toward the hangar. The Jedi open a door only to stumble upon uh, seven slacking pirate guards. More pirates summoned uh, by Pilf 
rush in from behind. The Jedi escapees are now surrounded. Dooku and the Jedi are once again placed in a cell. As a frustrated Anaka tries to figure out what to do with the troublesome prisoners, he places a guard outside their cell at all times. Obi-Wan tries to use the Force to trick the guard's mind, even though there's not enough mind there to work with. Still, he convinces the guard to open the cell and then wander away. So even uh, even the weak, seriously weak-minded uh, are able to be manipulated yeah. through the Force. Obi-Wan's able to, uh, to do that. But uh, it looks like Hondo kind of learned his lesson about leaving these guys alone but obviously it still uh still doesn't work that well so uh at the crash site jar jar has buried senator karis under a grave of rocks while clone commander stone oversees his troops in trying to repair the shuttle's homing beacon the clones advise leaving the doshar fields as the geysers are spitting out corrosive acid jar jar observes that the movement of the scalders coincides with the eruptions of the geysers Turk Falso's raiding party arrives on their speeders. The pirates open fire, and the clones form a circle around Jar Jar. The pirates cut the clones off from the shuttle. With a little cover, the clones are sitting ducks, but Jar Jar leads the way to a geyser crater where they find refuge. The pirates ignore the clones, thinking them as good as broiled, and instead concentrate on raiding the shuttle wreck for the spice. Um, Jar Jar using his knowledge of nature to save the day here. uh, More resourceful than he appears to be. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, I forgot to mention, too, as, uh, as these Dooku and Anakin and Owen are kind of sneaking around, uh, Dooku mentions, hey, he's like, uh, I would kill you now if I didn't have to drag your bodies around. So he's still <laughs> yeah. throwing out the stuff at him. Uh, the clones don't feel confident in Jar Jar's choice of shelter, but he points out that they'll be safe as long as all the scalders are still grouped inside. When they run, uh, it means the geyser is about to explode. The clones and Jar Jar climb out of the crevice just before it erupts with acid. They return to the shuttle wreck to find the ransom stolen. With the pirates on speeder bikes, it doesn't seem like the clones will be able to catch up until Jar Jar suggests an alternative, riding the Scalders. The Scalders catch up with the thieves and the clones open fire. They blast the bike, uh, hauling the crates, knocking the ransom free. The clones reclaim their prize, but Turk Falso escapes. Uh, the, the Jedi are once again free to sneak around the pirate compound, but an alarm sounds and they need to move quickly. They make it to the outside of the compound and must scale the perimeter wall. Anakin grabs a nearby pipe and pole vaults through the air. Not an easy feat while connected to two other men. All three force users are vaulted onto the wall's edge, but only Anakin reaches the wall's rim. He's left dangling with the weight of Obi-Wan and Dooku pulling him down. This makes them easy targets to the sniping pirates. Uh, just like I said earlier, man, it's just seeing these three have to work together. It's yeah. So interesting because it's not something you're, you're used to. As the Jedi try to twist and turn to avoid incoming fire, a blaster strike snaps the bond connecting Obi-Wan to Dooku. And Dooku almost falls before Kenobi catches him. It's no use. The escape is botched and Hondo Anaka looms on the wall's edge, looking disappointed in his captives. At the compound, Turk reports to Anaka lying that the Republic dispatched an army instead of the ransom. Turk advises that Onaka's uh, counterattack with Turk advises that Onaka counterattack with tanks. Onaka is disappointed. He believed the Republic to be more honorable than this. He approved Turk's plan to mount an armored counter assault. So um, here's the thing too about Dooku and Anakin. And here's the thing: uh, a chance, right? Like Dooku's about ready to fall. I don't know if he's going to fall to his death or not. Yeah. I mean, seeing you know we've seen. Um, Mace Windu kind of 
jump from a huge distance and, and able to land in the arena in episode two. So I, whether he would die, I don't know. But just the fact that Anakin or uh, Obi-Wan saved him, it's like, whoa. Um, it just shows how the Jedi are, you know, it's just, we'll get this towards the end too about what they do with the pirates. But mm-hmm. uh, Anakin just can't, I don't know, for whatever, you just couldn't let him fall. And, and I don't know what it was. Um, like I said, you got a chance to, uh, to rid yourself of, somebody they're after. Uh, I, I just don't know if maybe he thought he would survive that fall, Mike. Any, any thoughts on, on that? I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's just Obi-Wan's altruism at work there. It's that even, uh, yeah, that's, as, that's what I think as yeah. a Jedi, as, even as, as mortal enemies that he's still not go, going to allow someone to just fall to their death. Um, yeah. Particularly not when they're all having to work together and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I think there's also an interesting connection because Dooku was Qui-Gon's master. Right, right. I think, yeah. I think that there's history. Was there, a Jedi right? before. Yeah, yeah so true. I think that there's history there. And, good point, and good point. Obi-Wan isn't quite willing to let him plummet to his death. True, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, a pirate attack... Uh, uh, sorry, a pirate attack group of three heavy repulsor tanks closes in on Jar Jar and the clones. Commander Stone asks Jar Jar to step out of cover and negotiate with the pirates as a Senate representative. Jar Jar doesn't like this idea, but does it to honor the memory of Senator Karras. Jar Jar stands before the approaching tanks, unarmed and alone. Seeing an opportunity to capture yet another valuable hostage, the Weequays take Jar Jar aboard. Jar Jar clumsily trips up and bumps into a Weequay driver, sending the tank, skidding askew and slamming into another vehicle and into the power lines. Taking advantage of this distraction, Commander Stone then leads the clone charge against the tanks. So uh, Stone, being a little bit clever here, knows that Charger is more of a liability than a resource and right. uh, and offloads him on the pirates, knowing that it'll somehow work out in Jar Jar's favor. Um, Jar Jar, obviously, as we know, secret Sith Lord pulling all of the strings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dude, I, I'll never unsee that image yeah. of him in a row. It's pretty funny. Um, the battered power lines overload and disrupt, cutting off power to the pirate compound. Kenobi and, Anakin, uh, Kenobi and Anakin's electric torture ceases, and Count Dooku's cell door unlocks. The Count strangles the weak way guard with his shackles. In the main hall, Obi-Wan and Anakin call their lightsabers to them and cut their way free. Anakin holds his blade to Anaka's throat and uses him as a shield as the other weak ways draw their firearms. Meanwhile, Turk Falso and his henchmen make their way to a waiting starship. Falso stops mid-stride, clutching at his throat as some invisible force strangles him. Suddenly, impelled by the unseen influence, the struggling Falso also pulls out his blaster and kills his henchmen. Dooku emerges from the shadows, holding Falso in a uh, firm force grip. He casts aside the pirate's dead body and walks aboard the prepped pirate ship oh man i love this man i just love yeah. a good bad guy you know what i mean just oh, see oh, him come out he, when he snaps his neck oh my god the sound <laughs> yeah. is just like you're like oh is I, what i thought this was a kid's show that's right it's clone wars <laughs> once kids again show, yeah. jar jar yeah. falling all over himself one second dooku snapping necks that's next. exactly what i was gonna say is like this this jar jar stuff is kind of like uh, i don't know if, yeah you know obviously not for me but then it's the next you know scene we're talking we're seeing some crazy stuff like this. Yeah. So it's just like, like you said, back and forth, but, uh, uh, go ahead, Mike, we'll finish it out. Man. Yeah. Uh, with Onaka as hostage, the Jedi back their way to their parked vessel. 
Uh, t- t- just then, th- that sentence was a little bit weird. Just then, <laughs> two pirate repulsor tanks arrive, but rather than carrying weakways, they are filled with clones and Jar Jar. The Republic envoy has finally arrived with the spice, but it's too late. The Jedi sends to the Force the sudden departure of Count Dooku as a pirate saucer lifts off from the compound and disappears into the sky. The prisoner has escaped. At Obi-Wan's request, the clones board their ship and fire up its engines. To Anakin and Onaka's surprise, Obi-Wan releases the pirate leader. Onaka now has nothing the Republic wants, and the Jedi are no longer prisoners. Kenobi wants to end this and leave on even terms. Onaka is impressed. The Republic and the Jedi do indeed have a sense of honor. And I'm just going to add a little bit here. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Obi-Wan's comment, and besides, uh, Dooku escaped, and uh, he, the Sith do hold a grudge, and he knows where you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to which right, uh, right. Uh, Hondo's kind of like, oh, boy, oh, yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and just to piggyback off that, too, it's like, like I said earlier, this is kind of like the seeds of of Hondo, uh, and he's kind of like shocked at at what's going on at the end. Yeah. Here. You know, he's obviously he's expecting like, oh, I'm going to jail or whatever. Um, but now there's like, hey, you know what? You know, scrape yourself off and uh, dust yourself off, and and you go your way, and I'll go my way, and we'll kind of just leave it at that. And it just kind of shocks him. I think that's the initial, yeah. obviously, the initial turn of Hondo going, well, maybe, you know. Maybe I can trust these guys. And then you kind of see his progression slowly kind of turn throughout the series and then um, all the way through. So I thought that was kind of a cool uh, entry point into Onaka's thoughts. I think it's interesting because Obi-Wan's instinct here is like, let Hondo go, show him some kindness, be compassionate in the the Jedi way, and uh, teach him a lesson, right? That uh, yeah. you know, don't yeah. uh, don't double cross, don't don't do what you did, and it might not take right away, but I do think over time those lessons do sink in for Hondo, and he becomes very um, connected to the Jedi. And then when we see him in Rebels, he talks mm-hmm. an awful lot about like, well, the you know the Separatists and the Jedi. It was one thing. There was a war, but there was honor from the Jedi. The Empire is just oppression, and it's bad for business. And but like he kind of uses that as the excuse, but right. uh, but it's always like that little bit of like no, like like Hondo is a libertarian, right? He's not he's not really a Republican or a Democrat. He's a libertarian. Yeah. He just wants freedom. That's <laughs> like he's a hardcore neutral libertarian. He just yeah. wants a free market that he can take advantage of for personal gain. Um, and, uh, like most, like most pirates. Right. Uh, but like I said, he does have a heart of gold and I think that Obi-Wan recognizes that and gives him the opportunity, um, mm-hmm. to change his ways. And he does. Yeah. Uh, sure. And it, and it does end up being a net gain for the light because without Hondo, who knows what would have happened to the rebels crew, right? To the ghost crew. Cause they, they end up relying on him in, in multiple occasions. And yeah, he yeah. double crosses them too, but you know, like it's Hondo, you expect it. <laughs> and towards <laughs> yeah. the end of the series, they do yeah. expect it. But yeah, but ultimately sure. in the liberation of Ryloth, Hondo is there and he is a part of what happens. He is responsible for the freedom of Ryloth. Or not Ryloth, sorry, L- Lothal. Um, 
right? Like he's, he's there at that battle and he's important and he's a part of that. And, and he's genuinely mournful when Ezra sacrifices himself to save everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean like, like uh, Han, it's, I think it's a good lesson for everybody to learn right now is that um, I think we want to meet hate and and violence with with the same thing but i think if you show compassion and kindness um you know that doesn't mean back down from a fight but it does mean where there's an opportunity to show mercy show mercy right um Mm -hmm. don't take advantage of your enemy's weakness to make more enemies um i think i think it's a a, there's a great learning lesson there um, yeah. teaching moment. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Anything else about this episode before we wrap it up? No, I, I just say, um, like I said earlier, you know, I really enjoyed this first one, it, yeah. the, the banter and, and the camaraderie between Anna and Kenobi. We really shined in the first one. Um, I definitely like the, you know, Duke captured a little, a little more than the second yeah. one, but, uh, but, uh, good stuff though, man. I had a good time. I love, I love watching these again. I thought they totally. were good episodes. Um, I guess we're going on to next week. Yeah, next week we've got another two-parter, Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace. Uh, Jedi Crash, when Anakin Skywalker is gravely injured in battle, Jedi General Ayla Secura must teach Ahsoka the Jedi philosophy of having no personal attachments while they brave a hostile planet in search of medical help for the Jedi Knight. And then Defenders of Peace, while the Jedi combat a new Separatist weapon, the pacifist Lerman must decide whether they will lay down to the oppressive Separatist or fight with Anakin, Ahsoka, and Jedi General Ayla Secura. And uh, George Takai uh, voicing uh, one of the, the characters. Uh, oh, uh, right. one uh, of the Lerman, right? No, one of the, he's the Nemoidian general. Oh, that's right. With, that's the, right. with the defoliator weapon. So yeah. uh, I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. It's not Lock yes, Dodd because Lock Dodd is one of the ones from Phantom Menace, but Lock Durd. Lock Durd, there you Lock-Durd. go. Lock-Durd. Yeah. I man, whew, ten year old pull. Uh, Dang, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I still got it. I still got it. Brush my, dust myself off a little bit, Luke Skywalker style. <laughs> it's like, what do you got? <laughs> Throw another one at me. I uh, awesome. I uh, well, that does it for this week's episode. It was a doozy. That was a good one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can do that by heading to facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and Matt is at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. Uh, and uh, you guys know it. We're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. If you want to uh, check out all the other great podcasts in the network, you can do that by heading to thunderquack.com. And uh, and if you want to support us, you can do that in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com, pick up some merch. Got some new stickers. They look fantabulous. I'm very happy with them. Uh, the new Rebel Cells Phoenix uh, uh, emblem is just I love it, and I know it's. I'm kind of patting myself on the back, but because uh, I put that together. But uh, it is really. It's not really my design. It's you know. It's the. It's the design from the show, but uh, just uh, with our logo and the 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 colors and everything on it, I think it looks really great, um, and it makes a really nice sticker. Uh, store.thunderquack.com to pick that stuff up. You can get T-shirts and all sorts of things. 
Um, the other way to support us is on Patreon, patreon.com slash thunderquack. I kick in a monthly pledge and you can get awesome rewards like the exclusive thunderquack podcast. Um, at a high, at, uh, you can get access to the thunderquack Facebook group. Um, that's just for Patreon supporters. Uh, and, uh, at higher levels, you can get, uh, our spoiler casts and YouTube videos as an MP3. So, um, check that out if you are so inclined. Uh, we appreciate everybody who supports us over on Patreon. You guys are the best. But that does it for this episode. I uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>